Hello and welcome to the Players' Lounge. Welcome back to the Players' Lounge. I'm your host, Claire Wilde, and my usual um, friends of the lounge are with me. First of all, all the way from across the pond in a very swanky looking lounge as usual, it's Eddie Walsh. Hi, Eddie. Hello, it is me from a swanky lounge. From a swanky lounge in a swanky sweatshirt. Yeah. What would you say? Mustard? What would this Mustard, be? Egg, egg yolk. Egg yolk. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, cheerful. Anyway, you said you've haven't you've been a bit under the weather, so you're cheering yourself up by wearing yellow. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And disguise so the vomit. Yes, <laughs> it's all over. It's all over. That's just bad. Uh, bad. They're just showing the way that his mind works. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. The dulcet tones there of Christopher Bowd. Hello, Bowd. Hello, hail, hail. How are you? How, you How have you been? Fantastic. Do you Celtic all... have been smashing people left, right and centre. It's been good, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. good. Um, and Annabelle, it's not that long since we I spoke to you and recorded with you. Um, Annabelle McDonald, we did the uh, reaction the other night again. Another time when Celtic came out victorious. How are you? Yeah, one of those aforementioned smashings. It was great. I'm yeah. I'm okay, thank you. But yeah, really not enjoying this lousy smarch weather so far. It's yeah, too cold. It's, it is too cold. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. What's it like where you are, Eddie? It's it's very strange. I think that's probably partly why I'm sick. It's it goes from uh, really warm to really cold. It's going to rain and snow tonight, supposedly, and then it's going to go back to warmer. So. All My sinuses place. are just getting smashed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's Eddie. It's lovely. Let's just talk a little bit about Celtic because I haven't done that with you for a while. It's it's a nice time to be a Celtic fan. How are you feeling about everything? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I think it's kind of hitting our stride, and um, you know, seeing a lot of play that I guess has been coming in little spurts. But I think like it's all coming together now. So um, certain players too were kind of getting a glimpse of that Haxabanovic goal just set me off. I just want to see him <laughs> just play every single week now, uh, despite, despite probably uh, ousting a player I might mention <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been really fun, especially kind of seeing, you know, some of the bench players get some time as well. Uh, Owata and uh, Haxabanovic in particular. Yeah, Baud, I also haven't talked to you on a podcast for a while about things. And as you are the one that brought up all the smashings, I'm going to come to you for a bit of a vibe check on how things are. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, to be honest, I'm still slightly hungover from the cup final. But Are you, st- are you um, use- losing your mind over Haksabanovic like everyone else is? <laughs> I have been losing my mind over Haksabanovic for quite some time. Thank you. <laughs> my mind is well lost. Didn't okay. need him to score an absolute belter. <laughs> me to know that. The yeah. dance too. The little. I love the dance so much. I didn't didn't expect that from him, but yeah. But we've seen it before. Did we? It's, it's been a yeah. while since he scored. Blessing. I've got it. I've got it yeah. saved yeah. on my phone from the first time he did it. <laughs> the man can move his hips. He really can. Can he not, <laughs> Annabelle? Did. Wow. Saved in that little bank file. um yeah all good in terms of um winning games and all that obviously big game coming up at the weekend Annabelle how are you feeling about that I'm ready for round two um 
In fact, by I the time kinda... I've just realized by the time people listen to this, it, it will probably be done. <laughs> yeah, it will have happened. So people can tell me that I'm talking absolute shit and saying <laughs> that I think we're going to come out and absolutely do them just after, you know, the way that the last game started and how it finished. It's it's just what we do. I mean, if that was a smashing, and we're, I I mean, I can't predict Ange, but I would assume he's probably going to lead with our strongest 11 this time. So good luck to Robbie Nielsen. He's going to need a lot of tissues. <laughs> Absolutely. I like it. Thanks. No, delicious. What were you going to say, Bad? I'll leave it. I'll leave it. <laughs> I realised when I said it, and I think you should leave it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> swiftly moving on. Uh, when we were discussing the topic that we were going to uh, uh, talk about today, one of the things that came off in the chat, and this isn't going to be the topic, but it can be a little appetizer for us all. Is app, hang on, appetizer. Is that a main course? I get, like, Eddie, just clarify. In- no, app- appetizer would be like... Uh, some like the starter some dumplings or something yeah, like some yes. finger foods yes so, so appetizers Tapa, correct tapas. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's an amuse bouche um i think that's a really really small appetizer oh so it's like i did a, not know that wow that amuses your bouche <laughs> wow okay yeah that's Maybe what I it, need that. you know the French... Maybe I need some bouche amusement in my life. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to say that. Maybe we all do. Um, <laughs> I just get confused with entree because it sounds like that should be the beginning of the meal. Is it not? No, I think Eddie. That I thought it was. Are these are these not all just words for startery type things? I thought in America entree meant main course. I don't know. Yeah, oh. yeah, that, that's that's what I thought anyway. Yeah, yeah, which is just. Yeah, just, crazy, crazy. Just backwards, just like anyway, I've gone off on a massive tangent because what I was going to say is that the appetizer <laughs> is I was we were talking about the new fourth kit because I haven't really had a discussion with anyone about it. Annabelle, what are you, I know there's been some opinions flying around. What is your particular opinion on this fourth kit release? Yeah, I have a grievance. Go on, give it to me. My, my grievance is they have this habit of doing really, really cool small details. Like for example, with our current third kit, there's that really awesome sort of like stadium design around mm-hmm. the sort a of sleeve. Thing. Is that a hem if it's on a sleeve? Is that only a trouser thing? Uh dunno. Sorry, very... I'm so easily distracted tonight. We're getting very caught up in language, aren't we? We may maybe need to do like a glossary for this episode. Welcome <laughs> to the semantics podcast. <laughs> yeah. The players <laughs> linguistic lounge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry, already distracted. But um, yeah, like really cool little details like that. So obviously this one, it's the, we've got the tricolour sort of detail around the yes. sleeve hems and the collar. And then you've got the beautiful cross on the back. But then the audacity of them to do something so cool on a kit with a collar. And I know there's been some discourse on Twitter recently about kits <laughs> with collars, but I have always despised a kit with a collar. I hate them. I think they look like kits that are for schoolboys not grown men playing football. Um, and sorry to all the <laughs> collar lovers out there, but I do hate them. I think that would have looked absolutely stunning as a kit if it just had like a round neck or a V-neck. But to, to see that, to see it on a collared kit, I'm so disappointed. I'm guess. very much enjoying the facial expressions of Eddie Walsh as you decry the I... collared kit, Annabelle. <laughs> not just insulting, but emasculating as well. <laughs> yeah, small welcome. boy, Eddie. <laughs> Thank God I'm not wearing a collar today. Jesus. That would have been um, so awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know what's funny? I didn't think that that was going to be your issue. No. What did you think reason. my issue would have been? What was I your- thought it was. I well, I think the only 
it's not an issue that I have with it, but I would say I would also, I would have liked it maybe a little bit better if it was our crest instead of the the clover, which I, I don't hate the clover. I just think it would, mm-hmm. it's just such a nice kit for me. Um, the color, the details, the collar. Uh, <laughs> I would have just loved it to kind of be, I would swap that with the gray one for a third kit personally, but I, yeah, I don't know. I really, really like it. And I think collars can be awkward and strange and they can be, what is it? The, I'm trying to think of, I always, for some reason, when I think of collars, I think of Joe Ledley for some reason. And <laughs> it's like that weird kind of straight, like there's a straight piece here and then the collar starts like right here. Uh, obviously, this is a podcast. But yeah, on that particular kit, it's such a strange collar. But this one is literally, it's like a polo collar. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I guess I, it's just this internal bias I have against the polo shirt in general. It yeah, just, to true, me, it seems like enough. school uniform and I can't get away from that. I mean, especially in the, obviously in America, I know school uniforms aren't common, but in the UK, the polo shirt is kind of like a, the cor- a cornerstone of, you know, kids' school uniforms. So for me, I just find it really hard to shake that image. And yeah, don't get me wrong, the crest as well. There's a lot to not like for me is also the colour of the detailing with the, with the, the clover, like the green on the green. I don't know, again, also not sitting well with me. I just like like I said in our chat, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. There's so much good there oh, that's been balanced with stuff that I'm just not into. And I just wanted to get it off my chest. Oh, I, I feel like I'm here. more on your side, Annabelle, I have to say, just to thank you. Just to nail my massive clover to my chest. Because <laughs> it, it is massive as well, isn't it? <laughs> it is huge. Uh which side are you on, Bowd? I really like it. I think it is Yep, it's a delicious, delicious kit. I, I think, I think the clover. I'll, it's a fourth kit, so I'm happy to have the clover as opposed to the badge. It's a wee bit big. It could be a smidge smaller. It's a smidge. <laughs> Take five percent off there. Agreed. Yeah, we're we're good. Um, the collar, I'm fine with. Um, to be honest, it kind of reminds me more of. I hate to say it, but the canio. And Cadet, that period, obviously, he's a fascist, but it was a very nice period <laughs> of time when we were watching him and we didn't know he's a fascist and he was just very good. <laughs> um, and then the details, I think, are all great. The the, the trim on the, the, the hem and um, the collar and the little red bit in the back. I love it. What I have done is just got a wee picture of it up and it's uh, Matt Riley and he does look yeah. incredibly like a schoolboy. Uh, yeah. you've you put that in my head annabelle he's actually <laughs> holding both his hands in front of his belly like he's about to get in trouble from his mum it's his first he's... day of school yep yep this is a this and, is and you can see what they're doing they know what they're doing by putting matt <clears throat> o'reilly in that kit they're thinking this will get them but no nah, celtic you can't trick me even though i do think he is the most perfect human specimen on the planet <laughs> I, I feel like mcgregor looks very much like a tiny like like a kid that's being dressed like a man like an older <laughs> yeah. man by his mother you know like the he hair. belongs on that 13 or 30 subreddit like he just stopped aging at like yeah 13 it's, kind of of it's yeah it's kind of wild and he honest. still does his hair like every little boy i went to high school with exactly <laughs> sorry yeah. callum he's I got do, a I lot of that hungry. blue jelly that he'll just dig into yes! <laughs> the one you buy like a big liter tub at body care and it lasts you for several years look if it ain't broke still got don't it. need to fix it right <laughs> broke, i guess so yeah yeah um yeah 
Uh, I got mixed feelings as well. I th- I'd like, like you said, Annabelle, some of the details are excellent. The little bit on the back is great, but overall, nah, it's not doing it for me. So well, it would have been good to have it. Sorry, about on you go. On you go. Oh, thank you, Bird. I was just briefly going to say if only they'd got it out in time for the St. Mirren match. What's the point? That's when oh you needed God, it. Oh, my God, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Just want to say that. Yeah. I was just going to say I'm disappointed that you can't buy it sponsorless. At least I don't believe you can. <gasps> you can't. Oh. Yeah. I think well, Chimson can woman, because it's that a bit. But. As a woman, that's always the case for me, Bird. if I want to buy a, a form-fitting football shirt from Celtic FC so I was just to make about to make that, ver- that very point Annabelle <laughs> thank you Claire thank you yes that needs to change quick uh, we, can have a, we can have another discussion about that at a later date right let's get into what we're here to talk about today what did we actually decide that we were going to cover um the topic for today's lounge <laughs> very formal lounge with a topic <laughs> um is underrated squad players essentially we are going to go through um i'm going to read the a bit of the outline that i sent around to everyone uh players who weren't celtic <laughs> superstars who in your opinion were important parts of the teams they played with so it could be players who were here for a long time a short amount of time a few games longer serving squad members and there could be a multitude of reasons why um you would pick them but when you when we sort of decide when we stuck on this bowed what is your understanding of a kind of a squad player i suppose a, a squad player to me is simply somebody that isn't within that main group of say 14 15 16 players that would expect to play the majority of games in a season the players that will come in and maybe do a few games. So, you know, you can you can build up. It might be a dozen or so games over a season when Celtic play 60 games. But, yeah, somebody that complements the squad, you wouldn't expect to see um, starting every game, but will come in and support you when that, that support's needed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And, Eddie, would you agree with that? And also, I was thinking when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that you can also have players who kind of might be regular starters who then kind of drop, off to become like a squad player it's like it's a thing that changes over time right for different players and different squads in different seasons yeah and i i I think the i guess the two examples that i picked were kind of more towards that i get i guess uh definition of it but i you know i also agree with about i think it's it's basically a player that can't cement his place every week for the most part um and even possibly a player that you know can't necessarily get to the bench or off it. So um, <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah, just basically for me, it's a player that's not starting every week or kind of, you know, most games or important games um, or gets an important game, doesn't take their chance and never gets an important game again, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's the ones that kind of ones maybe Annabelle that you kind of maybe don't think of as main characters. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my kind of definition landed on was similar like that. It's like a player who's not a regular starter and maybe not even a regular sub. So very much like could almost be the NPCs of the squad and people who are there in the background. And But I'm going to use this word a lot for me. In my definition, it would need to be a player who still contributes and adds value to the team. Mm-hmm. So exactly like, like um, Eddie and Bird were saying, they can pop up in games here and there. 
they can take their chance and become like a regular backup. They cannot take their chance and fade into obscurity. Um, a, a good example I can think of is like um, a beat on for me towards the end. Like he was always there in the background and he did pop up every now and again, but never really kind of put in any showstoppers. And we kind of all had the question of what value does he really have to the team at this time? Do we need him? If he wasn't there, would we be missing him as a player, as a contributor? Um, and I liked what you said as well about how players kind of can become squad players. You can have someone who's a first team, you know, starter every week. And then it, as part of their player life cycle, they can kind of fade into that squad player position, which can often happen with change of manager. Another example of that would be, I guess, David Turnbull. You know, he was nailed on starter for, for a period of time. And now I would argue that he's definitely a current squad player. for James us. Forrest. Oh, <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> i mean just right now obviously he's a he's, 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 <laughs> he's already dead no no stop it <laughs> um obviously he's a special case in point um let's go around we all were to kind of we went around and we thought let's pick two each um that we can talk about that spring to mind when we think of these types of players that we want to just talk about and then the rest of the panel can grill you or quiz you on your selection. I'm going to start with you, Christopher Bowd. Who is your first pick? I'll do, I'll go around once and then twice. So give me your first one. first pick is uh, the ultimate squad player, although none of you will really have seen very much of him at all. Um, It's Fidar Rousseff. Um, or Vidmar, as uh, Big Bonnet called him, I think, in the, the first uh, press conference. Um, Vidar was brought in as just, we, we've got problems, we need players. Um, he was he, He's a true utility player, basically. Um, he played left-back, um, right-back, centre-back, left-mid, right-mid, centre-mid, um, Possibly helped with the kits. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes, Vidar was um, very useful. Not particularly. His popularity went up and down, I think, with the fans, but generally he was seen like a lot of utility players as cursed with the you can kind of do it in some areas you can't really do it well enough. You know, you're not as good as a, you know, mm. a left back, but you can maybe go into left back when we need you. Um, but yeah, he came in, it's, he got shunted about all over the shop. It's funny because um, you haven't been conferring with Christopher Gallagher, have you? Because I was asking him for notes on some of the players that I wasn't as familiar with. And literally the first thing he's written was the ultimate utility player. <laughs> biggest issue was no one knew where to play him. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's that's about right. Um, yeah. No, no conferring. That's just that's 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 what just how it was. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did he did he did relatively well in all those positions when we needed him. He filled spots. Um, he'd well, I was going to say highlights weren't actually that that many because it wasn't it was that little spell between us really doing very much. But um, he did uh, absolutely batter Rainier in an old firm match, getting yes. a red card. Uh, at the time, everybody hated him for it, which was correct, because it was the most stupid red card ever. I think we lost that game 3-0 or something. Um, but watching it back, I'm quite happy with it. Quite <laughs> happy with that tackle. I'm going to go and watch it back. <laughs> yeah, well done, Vida. Um, other kind of highlights, he scored um, in a League Cup final, um, which is great. One is a, one is a wee trophy. Um 
that was actually the John Barnes season, although I believe John Barnes would have been sacked and it would have been Kenny Dalglish lifting well, that trophy gloriously. <laughs> when you talk about him kind of being played all over the park and um, kind of not knowing what to do with him, it was also this, like you mentioned managers there, this was also, it was also a period where there was a, like a yeah, very high probably. turnover of managers. So that can like be a real issue for some players, can't it? If they come in at the wrong time and they play with under managers who maybe don't quite know how to make the best of them or whose style doesn't suit what they want to do, then they kind of are going to become a squad player rather than a superstar by default. Does that, do you think that happens? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, because, well, I mean, to be fair to Lisef, I think when he left the event, well, he became a centre-back and was seen as a very good centre-back, but um, I think he also still was like, a, yeah, you, you can be a creative midfielder or striker or whatever, whatever else. Um, so, yeah, um, I think there's definitely an element of just not cementing a position means any new manager coming in. Oh, that's, mm. that's the floater. He's a floater. <laughs> Which is a lovely um, term, of course. <laughs> yep. And uh, I think as well, when O'Neill came in, I believe he was injured, which probably made it harder to get into the team. But let's be honest, he wasn't he wasn't pushing any of the men out of that team. <laughs> Eddie, have you got any thoughts or memories? This is kind of, I always lose my timeline on your Celtic fandom a little bit, because I know that you go further back than me and Annabelle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, slightly before me, but I think what Bowd was saying about kind of um, not knowing where to play or player, but also at the same time going up against maybe a change in management, like Annabelle mentioned as well. I feel like maybe a lot of our picks will kind of have that similar thread. Um, mm-hmm. I know mine do uh, <laughs> to some extent, but yeah, I, th- I think we've, we've had a lot of players like that over the years that are kind of in between and maybe I wouldn't say flourish afterwards, but they eventually kind of find their way um, with, you know, some other team. It could be at a, you know, a higher level or it could be a much lower level. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think it's, it's also interesting uh, about that too. Like you can see that the player is decent or has talent, but doesn't necessarily fit into what's happening at the moment um, amongst, you know, a myriad of any other uh you know intangibles that go along with uh playing for a team like us so totally um is it a name that you're familiar with annabelle um it is not but i love how like villainous it sounds vidar we said like that'd be a really good villain (laughs) well he had he had the highlights in his hair looks quite floppy so very very dark villain. That's oh, I love think it. A bit of a goatee. <laughs> yeah, I was just having a little look look <clears throat> at some pictures there, and absolutely um, great choice. I think. I mean, it's good that we've started with the ultimate. What we what we're going to call the ultimate squad player, <laughs> um, Eddie. I'm coming to you next for your pick. Um, so my pick is uh, Ki Sung Young. Okay, Ki. Yeah, I just think that similar to what Bowd was saying and what I was just saying about, um, you know, coming in between managers, he came in in, uh, I think it was January 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been Mowbray, I believe. 
which obviously we all know was not was not a uh, prime example of um you know football being played as as well as just completely destroying one of my favorite kits which is which is the newer bumblebee um that's another that's another show um, <laughs> we'll do a kit we'll do a kit show <laughs> but yeah i think i think initially when he came in in january it took some time for him to get um any minutes because of that in particular but also having um you know, certain players in front of him uh, also made it more difficult, but Mowbray left fairly soon after that. I think he didn't really play that much in the first season, but the next two seasons, he basically got more time with each season. And I definitely think he got better and better um, with those two seasons, especially I think it's like the 11-12 season, which I think was his last, I believe. Yeah, he left um, in 2012. Yeah, I thought I thought by then, like, he he had such vision i feel like he was kind of had like a uh i think i wrote down it was like a he's like a bit of a turnbull or moy thing like he he was he's definitely wasn't a quick player <laughs> but um i just think there was um times of just unbelievable quality and i think i said on twitter a while ago the guy just every single if you go back and watch a goal compilation of him Every single goal is like from 35 yards out and just complete, just smash it right into the top. Very, uh, very, corner. very David Turnbull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in particular, I think his, the Scottish Cup final against Motherwell, that goal is just cemented in my brain. I think the other one was against, uh, St. Marin, same thing. Just he kind of had a, he had a good way of popping up in the right place and kind of playing off certain players, almost Rogic-esque as far as kind of, um, you know, making certain moves within the opposition to kind of create space uh, either for himself or for others. I mean, he really did have some kind of, you know, kind of holy shit, he's in the exact place you want him to be when the ball falls to him. Like a couple of different goals besides just absolute rockets, but um, that you would kind of be surprised. And I, yeah, I just think the consistency probably wasn't there. And also once Lennon came in, you know, obviously you had, you know, Joe Ledley, Scott Brown. Uh, there was just so many people ahead of him, I guess, yeah. um, in the pecking order. And I think at that time, you know, right after Mowbray left, you want to kind of go with players you know for the most part. But I think as it went on, you know, London trusted him, you know, more and more, I think. But it was just a matter of consistency, I feel like, for him. And I think, uh, yeah, he just couldn't just couldn't cement that place. But he definitely had a decent amount of games. I think he played like 20-something games something like that in his last season which i think was his most in a it's, season for us but it says yeah. here it says here from 2010 to 2012 he made 66 appearances for celtic wait really that's what the wikipedia page says my friends Jeez. so well done. yeah <clears throat> and scored nine goals all from outside the box apparently <laughs> that can't be true i, I don't know you can check. You can someone someone else better than me can fact check while while they're not recording a podcast at the same time. Um, it's funny because like when you when you suggested this player, like obviously what I do and the fact that we do this uh, all day every day, despite the fact that there's a lot of stuff I don't know about earlier Celtic than when I was a fan. Like 
I feel like I've I've learned an awful lot. And this is just one of those names that has sort of completely passed me by. Like I just didn't. And now I'm looking at like when he played. I think that's probably a period that I'm not as familiar with. Annabelle, is it a player that you have ever heard of or... I I had heard of him, but only from the conversation that I had sort of with myself and people around the time when we were looking at Korean players and then went on to sign O. And my question was, you know, how have we got much of a history with Korean players? Obviously, we know with the with the Japan connection, we had, you know, Nakamura before. And I was wondering, what's our kind of history with Korean players? What's going on there? So I recognised the name from that, um, but that's about as far as I got. Um I, I like the look of him though. He looks I know I'm just like also having a wee peruse and he looks like he was quite a a big boy. I tell I tell you what, he I think uh Chris made uh the point in, in our chat that you know he didn't really kind of show up against them, but you know, I feel like he he had some pretty good tackles against them in particular. I was gonna I specifically the, ask the you that. <laughs> if yeah. you can't show up, just show forces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And who doesn't love winding up Stephen Naismith? I mean, one of <laughs> my most hated. Um, but yeah, his I, I think his total in general, like his total appearances for us uh over the three years was sixty-six scoring nine goals. Yeah. It was eleven goals if you include sort of cups and internationals i think oh we're really yeah. d- diving deep into the stats here <laughs> but, but yeah i i, I think Double that visit. was that was a good another re- uh reason that i interestingly enough forgot to mention but <laughs> yeah you could have showed up against them a little bit more but you know i'll take a i'll take a kicking from uh you know kicking at Stephen naismith uh over nothing but. uh bow do you will you will remember him what your what springs to mind when you think of this player it's just incredible, really. Eddie's Eddie's nailed it. Just his composure, um, his passing was something else. Technically, just one of the best Celtic players that we'd seen. Um, he was, uh, I, I, from the kind of underrated point of view, I think he very much was underrated. There, there was definitely an element. It was a bit of a you know the kind of culture wars that we have. With different players, and um, there was definitely a lot of people that weren't a fan of Key. You know, he's too slight; he doesn't do enough, which is uh, maybe a, a, a criticism that's levelled at a lot of Asian players for the wrong reasons. But um, yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, what I also remember is when we did sell him, the kind of shock from people because he wasn't. He wasn't a starter for us necessarily. He would get games, but um, he didn't consistently start. And for us to sell him for, I think it was about six million, mm-hmm. um, was kind of shocking at the time. We do we didn't sell a lot of players. We we sold it uh, sold. We sold it did um, Aiden <laughs> McGady for you know kind of nine ten million or whatever. But there wasn't a lot of players that we'd sold for that kind of money at the time. Did did um, that um. Do you think played into it, like obviously when we've signed players from different markets now or players where we haven't had players from different leagues before, like was there that chat then around players like him, like, oh, he's not going to get the Scottish game and he's, you know, it's, was that still a thing? Was that discourse? Is that yeah, I think that there, there is an element of that, I mean, he was kind of, he was highly rated when we got him, you know, there's talk of teams in England and other places in Europe, I think, want to sign him, but yeah, I think very much the, uh, oh, and it, 
I mean, you still get that now, but I think there was just a, is he going to get it? Is he going to understand he has to stab Rangers players in the head with <laughs> knives? I mean, um, I, think- I think it's it's access too. You know, we have much more access now to seeing these types of players on Twitter say, you know, so we have an instant, you know, vision of what they might be. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back whatever, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, it's it's more That's of just a going really good on, point. Well, yeah. he's highly rated. Um, why isn't he immediately a success? Um, and I think it, it took him a long time actually to, I don't think he really did well at Newcastle. Um, I think when he went to Swansea, I think he did, he kind of found a group, but I, I, I don't think he ever really maybe played to his potential. I don't know. Mm. I'm going to go and back and look, I'm going to look at all these players and, and like educate myself basically. Annabelle, who is your first pick? For underrated squad player. Hey, so I'm going to go with a current squad player because, yeah, as you guys know, I don't have a huge um, pool of players to pick from, having only, you know, being in my fifth season of supporting Celtic now. Um, I just, can I interrupt there and just say that when, because Annabelle, I don't know if you found this, so when, like, for some categories, you can go back and, like, you can pick historical players, but like specifically for this character category, it's like, it's impossible to do that because it really is about having seen them and having had like an enjoyment of watching on the pitch, whether they were rated or not. And that sort of thing, isn't it? So it's like, (laughs) definitely my initial thinking was like, Oh, if I can't identify, you know, a a couple, at least um, they're obvious, maybe I can go back and do some research. But then I realized like, yeah, if you want to identify if someone who is not even a, a starter is rated, I need to go back, pick a season, pretty much watch every single game and then form an opinion based on that. And yeah, guys, I don't have the time, full disclosure. We just don't have the time for that. No, no is, one has the time. What does that say for me then? Jeez. <laughs> it Sorry. says that you're dedicated to the cause. It says it's that I'm a procrastinator. That's what it says. Um, Annabelle, sorry, I interrupted you. Give us your name. No, so it was a good point because I had the same thing where I was like, oh, and then when I was looking, I started to have difficulty. But um, I'm going to go with um, what's probably an easy pick and I'm going to go with Anthony Ralston. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Ralston Redux as it's known inside my head. Um, (laughs) So I don't know why I just love that phrase. Um, Yeah, for for me, like I mentioned earlier, the whole thing with squad players needs to be someone that adds value. Um, that's part of my definition. Anything else is just a bit of a waste. And I hate to go like capitalist talking about money and things like that. But ultimately, you know, football clubs are a business and it needs to be about what is this player actually bringing to the club in terms of revenue so that we can get more money to buy better players and go on and maybe do something in Europe. So Anthony Ralston, for me, number one, he came through the youth academy. He was, he cost us, you know, basically nothing. Um, And there's a lot of talk in Scotland about, kind of youth players and what their ceiling is and things like that. So for me, it's always a win if we can have someone coming through the youth academy, a, a Scottish international who's able to kind of perform at this level, level, perform at this level, level. Um, perform at this level um, and even kind of, you know, go into European football and still be able to kind of hold his own. So that's a win for me. And then you have the added bonus that he is literally a Celtic fan. And I know that people have this whole thing of like, oh, it doesn't matter. Um and then you have the other side of the of the of the argument where it's like, no, they, they don't know the city, they don't know the club. Yeah, I don't normally place much value on that, but I do think it's just nice for the support to see one of us make it. I just I don't think anyone can disagree where you're like, that's cool. How fun must it be playing for like a club that you love? Who would love that? Um 
And I think inherently with that, with with the Ange transition, that's mainly what I'm going to focus my argument on because before you know Ange came in, before Ralston's rebirth, before he arose from the ashes, yeah, I don't think anyone really realistically rated him. Um, he was kind of in and out on loan and things and didn't really contribute. And in fact, the season before Ange came in, I think he played one game. So he was basically anonymous and I think there was the assumption he would leave the club. Mm-hmm. And then you got that weird contract extension, you know, when Ange came in. And I think at the time we were all thinking, what? Okay. Oh God. And we all lost our minds over it. We were just like, oh yeah. God. We're thinking we're going through a rebuild. Um, we're at the end of a cycle going to a new one and we've just given Anthony Ralston a contract contract extension what the the ralston rebuild (laughs) thank you you. there's so much good alliteration to be had here ralston redux ralston rebirth ralston rebuild cracker (laughs) of a name um but yeah i think that looking back he was probably a vital part of that rebuild literally because when we were going through such a massive transitional period you really need that continuity of like club history and club knowledge and even passion for the club which is where him being a Celtic fan I think comes into it having that continuity of players like Ralston and Cal McGregor James Forrest when you have all these other new players coming in some from you know very far away across the globe who might not ultimately know that much about Celtic and understand our history um, I think people like that in the dressing room can be really valuable during those transitional periods it's the same with any business like change in culture is a huge thing and it's really difficult to navigate and I think Ange is a great manager and I think he will have understood the value in that and having people like that as part of the team and then even without all that he actually turned into a pretty decent solid player he's someone who you think you know he's probably never going to be a regular starter we're always going to sign you know, a first choice right back. You know, we had Josef Juranovic and we immediately brought in Alistair Johnson. So it's quite clear to him and all of us that he's never going to be a regular starter, but he seems pretty chill with that. He seems fine. He just, I, my vibe is that he loves Celtic and just is happy getting to play for us at all, which to us is massive because how difficult is it to find a player, especially a player playing in this league under these conditions, under this manager, who's quite happy, just <laughs> kind of coming in and putting in good performances every now and again, but maybe not getting to be first choice. I think that is invaluable. And we also have some great moments over the last couple of years, such as, I'm going to say it, the Ross County last minute winner. One of the games that won us the league. Who can forget? Who can I was, forget? I was, gonna, I was thinking, is she going to bring it up? Am I going to have to mention it? <laughs> <laughs> of course. And that, and I just want to point out, he did laugh at Neymar in the face and we've always got that picture. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, God, yeah. Amazing. Iconic, yeah. I think, I mean... What a case you have made for Anthony Ralston. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. Eddie, like Anthony Ralston is absolutely, he's kind of becoming almost one of those classic squad utility players, isn't he? In the way that Annabelle described him. And as much as he comes into the squad this weekend that we've just had, um, and we knew that we were going to be resting players. I think there's been some discussion about whether we rest two players in the back line at the same time or not, but. <laughs> that's a ma- that's a decision for the manager but you see Anthony Ralston's name on a lineup and it doesn't freak you out does it you think he knows what he's doing especially in a league game yeah no for sure I think Annabelle makes a good point as far as um being a squad player can be an incredibly valuable thing if it's you know you know if it if at some point you're okay with it you know, obviously players have certain ambitions and um, they want to win. They want to play full time. But I, I feel like since Ange put his faith in Ralston and Ralston, you know, 
I mean, miraculously, um, became a very, very solid player for us. I think maybe now he accepts more of being that bit part player. Um, I, I don't know if I could see him staying on maybe for another season or so. It, it really depends, I guess, but I think it is very important to have, uh, you know, those types of players in the team. And, uh, it also helps that I think he's, a Celtic supporter. I, I, I do think that matters. Um, sometimes it's, um, you know, it doesn't have to be born into it. It could be players like, you know, Musa or, you know, any, any other player that kind of were adopted into the parish, but I think, List- uh, Lustig. yeah, yeah. Lustig is a, a perfect example. So I, I think, sometimes there can be a weight in that. And I think the weight in that is more for the players that, you know, grow up through it. Um, obviously you see, you know, the criticism with James Forrest, eventually Mikey Johnston, you know, pl- players like that, that kind of, you could almost see that the weight of it um, is detrimental to them, but it's, you know, it makes it even more amazing when they succeed, I guess. But uh Yeah. Yeah. Bad, what's your emotional attachment to Anthony Ralston, if any? Yeah, um, I love him. He's fantastic. He is genuinely, I think, the most improved player I've ever seen at any club, anywhere. Like, just the, the difference. And to be fair, that difference was possible because he was very, very, very poor. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he came in... Um, and Ange just got something out of him. Um, but it was incredible. It was he was and he when it comes to talking about well, I suppose this is underrated squad players, but just the impact of squad players, so important to our first season. Um mm. it may, you know, not all of it. As we say, we, we got somebody in who's better, but when Ralston was needed, um he absolutely stepped up. Uh and I think you're absolutely right. We it's not a case that you need um, players to support your team, but it genuinely is helpful, especially for a team like us, because you do basically need to win every game. You need your uh, locker room or your, your your players' lounge to understand that. So <laughs> having players that are actually um, fans that have grown up with it is definitely going to help that. I mean, you can have players like Lustig and so on that, that can do that as well, but they're going to have learned it from somebody. Um, so yeah, I think he's a fantastic shout. I think um, it's it's a great point you make about the um, improvement. I mean, we all know it, but like I'm just it's kind of make taking me back to like those preseason friendlies we were playing like before, like that summer, and I did a yeah. reaction or two to those, and I just, I remember being like angry at him, like really like <laughs> get him so far away like I'm done with why are we playing this guy I know it's only a friend but I was I was like why am I getting so angry about a friendly and then like the turnaround I'm now like I love him (laughs) I never want him to leave (laughs) I I think I think before he signed that contract I mean he was one of the most I mean I don't want to say hated but I mean everybody just didn't want to see him at all we did it we did a deep dive and we I remember we like did a whole bit on why he'd been given a new contract yeah and he genuinely I mean he did not look like he would ever 
reach, yeah. you know, any type of skill level. anything, that made me, I was angrier when he started playing well, because it's a case of, you could do this the whole time. What have <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you doing? He didn't just... Like he didn't just play the the role of right back competently. He also like the heart school where he skins like five men. The, the goal you mentioned last minute's a header, but it's a great goal. Um, and even because um, so, he came in obviously just there, uh, didn't look great at, 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 at midweek. But he played. There was a ball that he played from the halfway line. Yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah, he's, he's got those flashes there. And I, I think just coming on to that, you know, I know we got a lot of flack the other night from everyone, myself included. Um, I think some people might also want to make the argument that he's not underrated anymore because he was good last season and now he's okay. So, but, you know, following his performance the other night, literally looking through the tweets, I did see one from someone who said, that's it. I've had enough of Anthony Ralston. I never want to see him again. I know we've got a reactionary support, but come on, man. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> so clearly there are still some people out there who would rather see him out of the club. Whereas for me, I'm quite happy having a solid backup right back in a position like that, where we've completely, you know, we've struggled for years with right backs. Why would you not want him there in the background? Yeah, I think by nature, the players that we're picking and talking about tonight are definitely going to be the ones that divide the support. And in under that category, Anthony Ralston definitely fits the bill, I would say. And another just final kind of benefit for Ralston is that um, he is a club-trained player, which we really do not have very many of. Um, and we're, we're losing them. We're going to be losing Forrest at some point. Um so yeah, anyone that we can either train or steal at a young age from one of the other Scottish clubs, we should <laughs> look to hold on to. Lovely stuff. I'm going to give you my pick now. My first pick for the underrated player, and it's the player that came to mind instantly when we decided this is what we were going to do, to the point where I stole him off Eddie, because Eddie, I think, might have been going to pick him as well. <laughs> it's Mr. Olivier Cham, and it's probably not a surprise that I've picked him. Um I think he was one of the players that was playing for the club at the time that I started really getting into Celtic and watching them. And he was one of the players that I kind of straight away just really liked watching play, even when I didn't really know that much. I'm not saying I know a lot now, but I knew even less then about football. Um, But just found him really entertaining. And I think obviously part of the reason that, you know, he's underrated, he didn't, he wasn't always playing every game. There was quite a lot of controversy around him, especially at, towards the time when he left the club. But he was such a massive part of the squad during the seasons where we, you know, won. I think he was part of three of the four quadruple trebles. Um, and he scored goals. He assisted. He obviously had huge moments The Stadio Olimpico being the main one, which I sort of find a way to shoehorn into every podcast I do, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, he's he's like, he shares those honours with people and yet somehow he was never like a superstar of the club. And he always, it always felt like he was living in the shadow of other players like in that team at the same time. I'm not sure. Eddie, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Yeah, I think if we're talking about players that make you angry, I think he made <laughs> he he made me angry because you saw him do it. You know, like the game against Rangers in particular was one of. Yeah. I mean, it was an unbelievable game that he played. 
Um, obviously the goal against Lazio, but I, I just think he had such a quality that, you know, other players didn't necessarily, necessarily have. I mean, one of my favorite things, which I now, you know, you can see in Moy and O'Reilly as well, like his use of his body to shield the ball from players mm-hmm. and kind of, uh, it, it was unrivaled in that team, I felt like. Um, he was really so, yeah. good at like sneaking the ball into the side of the goal, like being either at the far post or the near post and kind of just being in that right like right place at the right time and and his finishes when you look back at some of the videos that I was looking at today just really clever yeah yeah it's it's it I think you could kind of I mean he would be borderline maverick player (laughs) you know we did the podcast on mavericks kind of you know like this um I mean it's like Patty McCourt-esque, like, obviously, you know, I think his work ethic was questioned and that obviously can be tied to, you know, people having pretty sick racist ideas about, um, you know, black players. But I, I think it was just his style, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Edward had the same thing, that kind of style, um, but yeah, I loved watching in Cham, especially when he was on his game. And I think, um, it's just a real shame that it never worked out. And I think it was for a couple different reasons, probably near the end, maybe some of, you know, he felt like he wasn't getting enough time and mm. wouldn't find enough time here. And, you know, you can't blame him for that, but I, I feel like at the end, it was just, there was a lot of hatred there from a lot of people. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, he obviously had those huge moments, the goal, um, the double treble final goal and that Derby winner in, 2018 but like even like looking at his first I looked at his first goal for the club he scored against Partick Thistlewald and it was just like he it just it comes to him and he just volleys it straight into the net it's it's absolutely great I love it um thoughts and feelings yeah he was when he was at his peak he was a wonder to watch just beautiful um gal to call him a Rolls Royce of a a player and he's that's it. I don't know if Rolls Royce is break down a lot and don't work sometimes, but um, <laughs> Unre- un- fa- fancy but unreliable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but he was—he was incredible. Um, you, <clears throat> excuse me. Eddie mentioned the uh, the derby where he just uh, single-handedly beat Rangers. It was pretty pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And the the Lazio goal was just a proper proper moment, one that you won't forget, just the sheer joy, mm-hmm. pumping them, beautiful ball played by Eddie. He just finishes it sublimely. It was it was incredible. Um just yeah, as you see, a lot of things coming together to maybe mean that he was ultimately a squad player. I mean there was periods where he was maybe maybe more a first teamer, but um and it's this is the thing this is the thing players drop in and out of that don't they and I think like I don't know if it's fair but because maybe it's to do with just when when I started watching Celtic it almost felt like Eddie was the superstar at that point like Odson Edward was kind of doing the thing and he was kind of associated with him because they were pals and he was French and like and and, and to do with the position as well because obviously as a midfielder it's not quite as you're not popping goals and all the time so there's a few things there that kind of meant meant that he wasn't elevated to maybe the status that i don't know yeah and with a lot of central midfielders as well fighting for a limited number of number of spots so 
Um, yeah, I think it was always going to be hard, but one that had potential, I think, to be just a superstar and didn't quite hit that because we didn't see that. Now, some of that was on him. Some of that, maybe. I think there was definitely a period where he should have been getting picked more than he wasn't, but... Um, yeah, when he was when he was on his form, he was some something to watch. Yeah, Annabelle. Yeah, and Cham's a weird one because um, you know I started following the club in the 2018-2019 season, so he was still very much in the picture at that time. But I think I kind of missed the boat on the best of Cham um, that sort of period. So most of my association with him is kind of a bit of frustration because he was yeah very kind of spotty appearances at this point, kind of coming in and seeing glimpses of that exact potential that you mentioned Baird and it's just frustrating because you're like why can't he get why can't he get the run and why can't he take his chances it's just it just to keep talking about missed opportunities but him as a player feels like a giant missed opportunity like a huge wealth of talent and yeah he gave us great moments as well and I also just have to mention the Lazio goal because that's seared into my brain the image of him you know upside down mid collapsing cartwheel it's just what a great memory. I, in on my notes for this, they've got lots of stuff just scribbled down on a piece of paper, but I've got uh the sort of intangibles as backflips and long sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, an iconic look. I love the long as sleeves. As two things that yeah. I was a big fan of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and there was also an argument um with someone I had at the time where I don't think I agreed, but um there was an argument that he was the best looking player at the club as well. So also just a very handsome man, which is always nice. We probably fit in quite well with Angie's team. But it does it does have me wondering as well, you know, you, you talked about, 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 you know, is it some of it on him, is some of it on the manager at the time? And I always wonder, you know, in having such a good manager with Ange, it's made me go back and think about other players and think, would they have thrived under Ange? Would they have been really good? Yeah. And it makes me wonder about Encham, he's such a skillful player, would that have maybe been the setup for him? We'd finally get that run and we'd see the best of him? I don't know. Who we'll knows? The, the second player we've talked about tonight who ended up at Swansea City, of course. <laughs> seems, yeah, seems to be doing, I was just looking up, I guess, how many games he's been playing and uh, looks like he's, you know, he's he's playing 30 plus games a season so far, uh, scoring a decent amount of goals, but obviously probably not where he thought he would end up. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, same for us. I don't think a lot of us thought that he would end up there either. I think that's another player that we thought we would have sold for like, you know, 15, 20 million dollars uh, at the end of his his time with us. But yeah. Yeah. Say love. Say love. Say love. Let's move on. Uh, Baud, it's time for your second choice of the evening. Yes, so I've went with somebody who you hopefully have a better chance of knowing a bit more about. Um, obviously very famous. <laughs> um, Tony Warner. Tony Warner, joins, of course. joins the club in November 1998 um, and then left in January 1999. So I'm sure. <laughs> Played three games, I believe. Yes, yes. Three fantastic games. <laughs> Came in, but, did his thing, and fucked yeah, off. <laughs> correct. Um, I don't even know if he was underrated. I think everybody he's underrated by Celtic we, fans we, who didn't get we, to watch him because we they can't no possibly we can't possibly know about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly interested in how this is going to go. Actually, it <laughs> was fantastic. Well, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. He played three games. He lost one, so he's not that great. Yeah, but, but one of the game, the one game that he won, one of the games he won was yep, a five-one. Was, was 5-1 versus Rangers. Um, it was a incredible, incredible game. So going into it, 
you've lost your keeper. You've had to loan some unknown goalkeeper who's very young. Um, you're kind of scared. You're kind of scared that it's not going to go very well. <laughs> um, but it did indeed go very well. Tony Warner, did he, uh, he did actually make some saves, I think. I'm going to say Kachelska. Somebody, somebody uh, <laughs> but um, it was just an incredible win. Beating Rangers 5-1 did not happen an awful lot at this time. Um, this was, we, we just stopped the 10 season before, but generally Rangers beat us um, when we played them. Um, so smashing them 5-1 was incredible. Um, it was Lubo's uh, game where he scores his first goal. Um, scores two against Rangers Larson scores two Mark Birchall scores as well it was just a fantastic game and it all happened because Tony Warner came in um, as, couldn't have done it without it. the boy <laughs> can't have done it, exactly so how, um, how old was he then when he came in? Do you have the? Do you, have, you, have we got the figures Wait. in front of us? I'm looking at this, I'm quickly looking at it now 1974 so, oh and this was 1998 so, 74, 84, so 20-something. 24, Yeah. Young for a keeper, especially back then. Yeah. You used to have to be fair. It's funny bad, isn't it? Because, like, keeper is one of those positions where, like, I don't know, it, these things do tend to happen where you suddenly go, shit, we need a keeper, <laughs> right? Like, it ha- it's happened in the women's game for, like, two seasons. We've had horrible luck with keepers. And there was a period during last season, I think it was, where every time a team sheet would come out for Celtic FC women, you'd go, who? Like they would just, they would have just found someone else from somewhere and they would either have a great game or a not so great game. And, you know, you can, it's an impact position in a way. <laughs> it is, it's very much. Um, and I've just got the image of Tony Warner, his big giant goalie gloves, doing the promotional photos for the game, seared <laughs> into my mind forever. Um, and more importantly, Lubomir Maravjic. So yeah, just the weight to shoehorn him into the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he's an accurately rated player. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, technically, I was gonna because I mean, under Martin O'Neill, I think you could argue uh, argue Lubo was a was a squad player. And um, okay. whether he, he was an underrated player, I might have been pushing that. We could probably I do a whole episode that. on him. So, <laughs> Mark, Mark Braceland, please call in. <laughs> <laughs> um. Annabelle, I'm going to hazard a guess you've not heard of this guy <laughs> until just now. No, and I was so surprised to learn he's only played three games. And I love that, though. I love the like the players that kind of come in, do pretty much nothing, but have that one kind of memorable moment where you, you, they are seared into your brain forever. It's so what a weird impact to have on people's lives. And I love this term impact player and I'm just looking him up on Wikipedia and it looks like he impacted a lot of clubs in his career. <laughs> it looks like he was doing that thing. clubs or something like that he played for. It was it's a, it's a, a ridiculous number. I can't fit it all on the page without yep. scrolling and it looks like he's doing that thing that guy did. We got a bus from like one end of the UK to the other just like travelling <laughs> around. He's been all over the place. He's like, been an underrated so... keeper for Norwich City, for Hull City, for Leeds United, <laughs> for Scunthorpe United. For, How many podcasts? For Blackpool. <laughs> Cult, cult hero. Um, Eddie, do you have any thoughts, recollections, or feelings about Tony Warner? I mean, I, I have an absolutely terrible memory to begin with, but uh, I mean, I do remember the 5 1 game just historically, not at the moment. Um, so when, you know, Bowd kind of identified him, uh, 
I do remember that, but I will uh, have to go back tonight and watch his highlight uh, reel. <laughs> uh, his so highlight. I, yeah, I, I don't even know if you get to see his saves in the highlights of the five-one game because it's just us scoring. And I think it was a, a Geo Van Bronckhorst that actually scored their goal. Boo. Maybe maybe I could get the the advertisement. Yeah, yeah. Find that somewhere. Yeah, it'll be seared into your brain as well. You close your eyes tonight. It'll be the gloves. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Eddie, who's your second choice? Oh man, every everyone's gonna. (laughs) This is so. Strap in. It's it's, it's drum roll, please. (laughs) Kind of kind of become my shtick a little bit. Uh, So it's half tongue in cheek, half you know based in. That's all right. We're having a bit of fun. It's all Uh, fine. So it's so it's uh, my man Leo Bada. I think um, I think if you if you want to just go, you know, hard stats, um, you know, he's got those. Yeah, he shows up against Rangers. Yeah, uh, three goals in, I think, in assist or something in eight games against them. Um, he's already got twelve goals in all competitions this season. I mean. And the guy doesn't start many games at all. So I, I, I do think there is a part of me. Uh, oh, he's also 21. I feel like yeah. that needs to be, you know, I get that. You can't say that forever. You know, like, where's mm-hmm. the cutoff? Like, is it 22? <laughs> His birthday, it probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, as soon as you said that, the name Mikey Johnson popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. Mikey it's Johnson's what, like thirty six now. Yeah, it's forty. He's retiring after this. Mark Bartrow syndrome. He was he was eighteen for like ten, twelve years. Yeah, because you just you you want them to do well because you'll see those glimpses. But I I I think there's talent there, and I think even the game um, recently, I it was mentioned on the um, reaction about his kind of uh, his the ball that he squared across. Um, I think it was for Kyogo um, or Roy possibly, but that's a ball that he would have completely fluffed maybe a couple games ago, let alone mm-hmm. a year ago. Um, he is, you know, I'm going to say, say the word he is frustrating, but I think, um, I think it's just a matter of um, showing it consistently. Yeah. I also do think he can get a consistent run of games uh, but obviously that's hard when you have Maida and Jota <clears throat> playing out of their minds at any position, <laughs> either where, side of... Where do they play? Jota Wait, specifically, where does he play? <laughs> on the wing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Jota, Jota on, on the wing. I would also just yeah. like to throw Haksabanovic into the mix there now as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. It, well, well, if we're going to well. talk about Haksabanovic, love him as a player, definitely looks skillful. Looks confident, but you know it's it's not like he's been a huge impact sub. I mean, besides this goal recently, so that's you know, why Abada should be a sub and Haksavanovic should start. Well, well, well. That's I, I, <laughs> I said it to somebody. I think I was talking to Stu the other day, and it was, um, you know, I made a joke obviously that I wanted him to start, but he didn't. He just didn't have a. He didn't have a bad game. He just didn't kind of show up i guess um but yeah and then haksabanovich scores that goal and he's like all right we'll just we'll give him time uh where abada would get time but you know it's it's just one of those things i I feel like he's got bags of talent it's just got to um 
I'm not going to say it's not going to be with us, but I just think he had an opportunity, I guess, when we weren't playing Jalta on the right at mm-hmm. first. And it was kind of, well, we'll play James Forrest or we'll play, you know, I think we even played Juranovic there at, at one point um, out of necessity, probably. But, uh, but yeah, I, I still believe, I still believe in, in Abada. Um, Do you think he's underrated right. by the manager or the fan base or both? Fan base fan base because i do think obviously and shows um confidence in him i think he's i think and is good at showing confidence in players that maybe you don't think you know should have the confidence i think bernabai is another one that he shows confidence in like he doesn't play at all and then he'll play against rangers and then he'll play against hearts it's like the guy's just getting thrown into the fire consistently but um and i I like to kind of keep that perspective with players like uh, Abada and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things I'll fight, I'll fight to the death <laughs> for at this point, but it's, I'm kind of slow. It's like, I have my hand on the cliff and it's like, fingers are slipping off right now. I feel like, I feel like Abada is a funny one just because he's kind of so present for us all at the moment that it's kind of, we're all just now watching and waiting to see which way it goes. Yeah. And like, if we were doing this podcast in five years, he could easily well fit into this category or he could completely lift his game, become a regular starter or move on for whatever, go to a huge club somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like we just, we just don't know. Annabelle, I feel like you'll have some feelings on this. Yeah. I guess, I guess my main feeling is that Abada is a great pick, but just, he wasn't a pick for me primarily because, and I love that, we opened by talking about what we all think squad players are. And that's a good thing. You know, we've all got different kind of definitions. So for me, it's simply just the fact that I don't think he is a squad player. For me, he subs too regularly for, for him to meet what my definition of a squad player would be because he's, he's regularly, regularly subbed and does occasionally start. I guess for me, it's someone who they can't just be like, you kind of assume there's a good chance he'll be one of the five subs during a game. For me, that can't be the case for him to be a true squad player, but that's literally just me getting into semantics again because apparently I love that. Um, but no, I think, and I do agree that I do think he's underrated by the support. He's clearly not underrated by Ange. Ange always has nothing but positive glowing things to say about him because at the end of the day, I don't think it's, deni- like you can deny that he's got a wealth of talent for someone at that age. And it was it was evident when he came into the club and I think he must have been then was he 19 when he joined us? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Players age, don't they? But yeah, it was, it was, even ne- it was like and... Nia Bitton was like his dad at that time. Yes. Oh, but did he not like post a, a, an Instagram story calling him his son? That was beautiful. <laughs> I miss that relationship. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's got a really high ceiling. I think, again, he's another one of those players who he kind of drops out. He's lacking a bit of consistency, comes in, has a great game, and everyone's raving about him again, talking about how he's the next big thing and he's got no ceiling and it's amazing. Then he comes in and maybe has not as good a game and makes a couple of those really bad crosses that he randomly does out of nowhere. And everyone's (laughs) on his back again. He's just another one, yeah, very much dividing the support. And it annoys me again because, for me, that's reactionary because I think it's clear for anyone with eyes that he's a very, very talented player and there's so much more to come from him. Yeah. Bowed, Liel Abada. Yes. Yes, yes he is. Yes, he is. Certainly certainly a Celtic player, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He... uh, the impact that he has is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and as we said, he's a young player. There's a lot to do there. I think 
you know, as far as if you're going to define him as a squad player, which I think you can. I think, you know, Annabelle's got a very good point, but I suppose your squad players are going to probably going to get some sub appearances because they're the people on the the the. I'm forgetting words. They're on on the borders of the team. Um, I thought you'd forgotten the word bench. Like bench. bench. Well, that's, <laughs> uh, Thank you, Annabelle. Yes, the, the, I, the, I, I see. I see. Was the Susie Dent of this setup? <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I think he's um, he's great, but personally, for me, like thinking about Celtic as a club that's going to sell players, probably one a summer. He's the kind of guy that's got value that I would probably be least upset about losing. Because we've got Jota, we've got Maeda, we've got Haxabanovich. Yeah, somebody wants to give us 15, 20 million for Lila Bada. Happily, send him on his way. But I think he is, uh, yeah, when, when he's on form, he's fantastic. He loves scoring goals. He loves um, assisting, which we know is the most important start in football. <laughs> uh, all the guys who tell us that. So, yeah, um, he, he's, he's very dangerous when he wants to be, but... He is up and down and he does, he just needs to do more work, which I think gets, I think it's flagged a lot more because he's in a team with the likes of Maeda and Kyogo and, and even, you know, the wing backs like Taylor and people who just run and run and run and run and Leila Bada doesn't do enough of that. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like also how many right backs has he played with in, in his time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. But, great yeah. point. A great final little <laughs> shot over the bows there from Eddie to defend his position. Um, Annabelle, I'm coming to you next, but I believe there was a spanner in the works of your second choice. There was in that, in looking back over the last five years and after landing on Ralston as my first pick, I didn't come across another player that I could genuinely say, in my opinion, was an underrated squad players, which is surprising because god there are a lot of them over the last five years we have had such <laughs> a bloated squad and so many random people who you could definitely argue are squad players and they're just kind of there in the background for some reason um <laughs> but i think a lot of them were accurately rated and that a lot of them were not very good and some of them were very very good i don't think there was personally that many that you could really say were underrated so i'm just going to go ahead and mention some kind of funny ones that i can think off the top of my head and then just talk a little bit about squads in general, just some thoughts from thoughts the and feelings. That's what, yeah. I'll try and be quick, which I know I'm not great at. Uh, number one, volleyball and golly. Hilarious, <laughs> potentially ruined his career for a shag. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Just thanks, Bolly, for that. Cheers. Um, poss- potentially infecting our whole squad and forcing us to play some of the worst teams I've ever had to see. Wonderful. The, the funniest thing about Bolingoli is like how funny it is now when we mention him and how it brings a smile to everyone's faces. And then you think back to the actual time it happened and everyone Livid. was so yep. earnestly, sincerely angry about it. Spitting but, fire. But it got way worse after that. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, exactly. That was just like when, and then like, yeah, six months after what he'd done, what he'd done, everyone, there was violations all over the shop. The worst season in 10 years. <laughs> was that the catalyst? Who knows? Did that, did that set the tone for the season ahead? I mean, Who knows? 
I want to blame him. Let me. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing against Bolly. It's more just for me, that's hilarious to sum it up that way. Like in, at the time, yeah, really angry. But looking back, we can all have a laugh now. What was he thinking? Jesus. Um, mm. Another one that always makes me laugh is Inspector Bauer. Oh, I'm oh, glad God, you brought that guy up. <laughs> what a trip down memory lane. What a weird guy. Sorry, <laughs> little legs. Uh, commercial pilot's license, I believe. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bizarre. Says- and even just looking him up, the variety in hairstyles as well. Just odd. He's odd. I- and loved a, loved a pointless step over. That's the other thing I remember about him. Uh, oh yes, love that step over. <laughs> I like when Scott Brown put his outfit on. At the uh, that's like my favorite photo of Scott Brown. Uh, him in his outfit. It's a really weird era. That that whole thing was really, really bizarre. And it's a fev- fever dream. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like looking back and looking at those photos. Like, why is one of our players wearing trench coat? What's happening? <laughs> like, it's just I can't I can't True reconcile detective, it. Glasgow. But um, m- one of my you know positive memories of him will always be the fact that he did weather that um, tackle in the Glasgow Derby from Jordan Jones that put him out injured for months. Was was that a trench coat uh, pun? He he weathered the tackle. Ten years said he nice. Full credit. I'm taking full credit. He I totally was. forgot about that tackle. By the way, wow, that was yeah. Just a classic hilarious Derby moment. Was it, I believe was Jordan Jones not doing? I can't remember if it was some sort of return or something. It was meant to be a big thing. He came on for 20 minutes, immediately got himself sent off, and then he was seen leaving. I believe it was Ibrox on crutches. <laughs> yeah, never. T- and then, ba- again. and then for for Bauer to just get up afterwards and be like, mm. "Hilarious, great memory." Another, a, another case, another yes. case finished. Mm. Another step over and I'm away. <laughs> Before he stepped out of the club forever. Um, and one more honourable mention, just to Albion Yeti wearing sunglasses oh, to the oh, league, yeah. the league winning celebrations. Just again, yeah. just underrated moment. Did he? Yeah, he just, wore them he out of the tunnel, didn't he? He did. He did. He came. It's first. Um, I first noticed him. I think on him when he was still in the tunnel, walking out or coming out of the tunnel. And immediately, I was like, "Why is everyone not talking about the fact he's wearing sunglasses?" <laughs> it just. I just find it really odd. It wasn't that sunny. No one else was wearing them. And yeah, the whole thing's just bizarre. But that always cracks me up looking back. And I believe we still do. We still own him. He's out on loan. Is that mm, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is, and again, my research flagged some interesting things that I thought Albionetti was gone. Nope, still ours. I also thought, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we sold Ismail Osoro. Nope. I th- he's on loan, isn't he? I think so. Uragidi, Ur- Shaw. I mean, there's there's a lot of... I thought we really cleaned up. I really did. And then looking, doing the research, this podcast, I was, I've had my mind blown by the players that are still technically part of our club. So yeah, really, we need, really we need Lewis here to fill us in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need the update. I do. Um, but yeah, that was, that was just some funny things I can remember from random squad players from my time following Celtic. And yeah, it just made me realize that so much of being a manager is just manage man management of the squads. Like it must be so difficult coming into a club because that's the nature of the beast nowadays you know you don't come into a club with no players and start from scratch you literally have to come in pick up whatever mess has been left for you and manage it and that's whoa, not whoa, just whoa. you're saying Ange walked into a mess <laughs> I'm saying that Ange walked into the biggest bitten fire in Scottish football of the last it's more well, just a skip 
of the last <laughs> 10 years. I can't say the last 11 years. Yeah. It was a bigger bin fire. So the last of the last 10 years, yes, it was yeah, a big flaming tire pile. So And it's all Bully's fault. Yeah. Exactly. As I stated, it can be traced <laughs> back. Exactly. Um so yeah, just I'm just in admiration for how much cleanup Angela's done in general. And despite the fact we still have players like Sorrow and a Yeti kicking about, <laughs> like it's been no easy task for him. Looking back, we've had so many random players and there have been blips. Um I want to mention Abligor, a yeah. random Squad player who came in did nothing. I think. I think. I think you referred to it on the reaction as the Abelgo fiasco, <laughs> <laughs> or something. It like. was a fiasco. So it just goes to show that you can be as good a manager as Angelos Postecoglou and still have that happen to you. So I'm just in awe of, of the job that he's done and how much, how difficult it must be managing these situations where you need to get players in and keep them happy and have people like Ralston who are just happy being second fiddle, but. It must be a huge, huge job. And um, yeah, I'm really glad that our squad's in such a healthy position. And we, I'd like to think we don't have that many underrated squad players right now. I think we're in a good place where we've mm. just got good players. And that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the bin fire, my final selection <laughs> is the one and only still our player, but we haven't seen him since October 2022 against St. Johnston. It's Mr. Stephen Welsh. Uh, yeah. Because... Oh, yeah. He, pl- uh, he played a huge role, and uh, I just when when we were as soon as we talked about this, and I was thinking about like what this whole idea means. Like we've discussed quite a lot this evening. Like he was a player who, like, in talk about kind of growing into the senior squad at kind of a a weird weird time. So like he comes into the squad and he's kind of it's under Lennon. He's had to he's forced to kind of be thrown into games like big games as well like I was looking back at it and so his his debut was against Hamilton where we won 4-1 um and then the next game was Rangers which we lost um and then we were playing in Europe so he played against Milan um like he was a player who was like really young who was just kind of gone right right shit we need we need bodies on the ground and he might not be someone who we will look back and go, he was one of Celtic's greatest players. Again, still really young. So there's a lot of time and I wouldn't, 21. I absolutely wouldn't want to write him off. But again, yeah, he's been doing this for, he was that he was really young when he was thrown basically in at the deep end. And I just have a huge amount of kind of time for the way that he handled that in those circumstances. And you know, he has scored some gold, goals from us from set pieces and things. He scored He scored the first goal of this season. <laughs> yeah, very, very happy for him because I love kind of his excitement and he's one of the only players that scores off of set pieces or corners. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, his it's, excitement it's... is good. Although I looked at all his goals back today for this and the first goal he ever scores, he just really doesn't look that happy afterwards. And everyone kind of comes up around him and he's just a bit like, okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> but like, I was looking at that. So the second, the, the game he played in against Rangers that we lost, like, and I was like, holy crap, this is what he was dealing with. He was in a team with our friend and yours, Vasilis Barkas, Shane Duffy, Oof. Diego Latsalt, Patrick Clamala. That's just to name but a few. Oof. That back line. And I feel like he deserves some credit (laughs) for being a part of that 
And I know that like that season he came in, like obviously the season where we lo- lost the league to Rangers and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, and I think that season he was he, like called back from his loan because we were that desperate. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's I was... like a less extreme version of Ralston where he wasn't that great and then he stepped up when he was needed and he did a job and you know what, he might not have been perfect and absolutely you're happy you'll get Starfield and CCV as your frontline centre-backs, but um, we needed somebody to step in and Stephen Milch absolutely did that. I was thinking as well during the time when he was having to step in, like when... Annabelle, you were talking about, you know, what's a regular, what's a squad player? Is it someone who's a regular starter? Is it someone who comes on regularly as a sub? He was making really regular starts for a period of time, but it was kind of out of necessity. So it was like, there really wasn't anyone like waiting in the wings beside him. He wasn't necessarily having to beat a player to that position a lot of the time. I don't know, Eddie, would you agree with that? That it's, it very much depends on the circumstances of the squad and he let's go back to it, came into a bin fire, the poor boy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like there's a lot of players that kind of be, can be put into that um, come into a bad situation type uh, category and, or my favorite, um, uh, I don't know if you call it conspiracy theory, but I feel like a lot of players were Lennoned <laughs> yeah. uh, during, during mm-hmm. his final season. I, I think he held back a lot of players that could have really done something Um with the club. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Stephen Walsh really showed a good account of himself, especially um, the time when he was playing, you know, next to a better center back, mm. <laughs> you know, when he plays with another player, I think he mm. definitely looks better when he played with CCV for a little bit. I think he looked, you know, better. And even in the beginning of the season, I felt like he seemed more calm uh, on the ball wasn't really afraid to kind of go forward at times too. So I really think that he probably took a lot of criticism to heart um, from Ange, um, you know, probably just being hard on himself, but um, yeah, I think he's going to have a a good career. I think he's a solid center back. Just it probably won't have to be for us. That's all. Yeah. Annabelle, that's like what Eddie says. It's, it feels like his time with us has just, he's been superseded at this point by the fact that Ange has just, got the club's shit together and we've got this squad of players that you're saying will not go down in history as underrated necessarily. But, um, and, and that he, if he wants to do something, we'll probably have to do it somewhere else. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I I never really thought of Welsh as being someone that had that much of a baptism of fire, but when you kind of sum it up like that, what a horrific start to your career in the first team. Um, and to to be Lennon's that early in your career must have felt very violating for him, per se. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. when his first get like when he started, he was playing with Ayer and Julian, and obviously then like a lot of turnover as well. And like Eddie talking about playing with someone like CCV, I imagine he's someone who thrives off kind of learning from the players around him who have got a bit more experience. Yeah, and it's like he noted about a bad idea, like how many right-backs has he played with? I think the same argument can be made for Welsh in terms of turnover. How many centre-backs has he played next to and how many full-backs has he worked alongside? Like, yeah, the insane amount of rotation for him to have experienced. And I think that the, the pressure it must put on you kind of being thrust into that position, knowing that that isn't really the intention for you. Like, it was not the intention that he would be a regular starting centre-back and it was made 
clear by the fact that we were trying to get someone else in. And again, I think those are really difficult circumstances to play under because that's got to be kind of in the back of your mind, knowing that the, the manager wants someone in, but for now you'll do. But I always thought he's he thrived as best as he could. And yeah, and I think underrated for Welsh is right, because a lot of people do talk about it, like, oh, well, she was absolutely awful that game, et cetera, et cetera. But for the circumstances he was under, I thought he put in some really good performances. He scored some good goals and he's definitely had a really valuable contribution. He's, again, as Bird said, kind of like Ralston in that he was someone who was there and might for a while still be there when we need him. Although I agree, I think given his age, he will want to move on and see where his ceiling is. But yeah, he was yeah he was there when we needed him. Yeah, I think there was talk of him moving on in the last transfer window, I feel like there probably will definitely be rumours of it and it will probably happen in the summer. But Bowd, any final thoughts on Stephen Welsh as a player? Nope, just, yeah, a solid, um, solid young Scottish player uh, who will happily move on for £4 million pounds to Italy or Belgium, whichever one decides that they, they want a wee Scottish centre-back. <laughs> Eddie? Yeah, that was exactly what Pat said. Hopefully we can still kind of get uh, a similar fee that was kind of being bounced uh, bounced around, uh, what was it, like three, three, five, four million yep. from Udinese or something like that. Uh, if we could get that much for him, geez, that would be brilliant. Yeah, I and did. Also, I, I mean, is he, are, are you happy with him at fourth choice? Am I forgetting somebody? We've got CCV, we've got Starfield, we've got Kobayashi. We had Jens, who has since... Yep. Moved to the big grass pitch in the sky. And played quite well, apparently. <laughs> I, 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 I get really upset so when it's like people have died. They haven't died, guys. <laughs> that's 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 my that's my thing. I never I never fully put it into use, but that's my thing. Whenever a player leaves Celtic, it's RIP. That's, that's <laughs> it. Rest in peace. For it. Um, uh, I also saw Stephen Welsh in East Kilbride Sainsbury's about two months ago, so that was fun. Did you speak to him? No, I didn't. I did that thing where I nearly did because I sort of ra- I was kind of in the fruit and veg aisle, rounded the corner, saw a face that I immediately recognised, and nearly went, "Oh hi!" And then quickly realised, "Oh no, 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 that's Stephen Welsh. Don't speak to him." <laughs> that would have been amazing. And then also did that thing where you know when you're in the supermarket, you always end up in the same place as the, yeah. the person, so you keep seeing them. But. <laughs> Stephen, I'm not following you, Stephen Walsh. <laughs> but also, you could never, if you didn't speak to him the first time you saw him, it's not like you could wait till the fourth kind of rounding the corner to be like, oh, yeah. Stephen Walsh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Stephen, this is crazy that this is happening. We're just, I'm just going to say hello. This is crazy. <laughs> what a meet you. I love it. Uh, and on that bombshell, <laughs> um, I kind of like the breadth and depth of the characters that we've brought up today. I especially liked Annabelle's little corner of just random. <laughs> um, sorry <laughs> that, no the the random memory lane that was very much a fun point um if anyone listening to this is, wants to add your contribution let us know uh you've got the whatsapp the twitter the all the ways to contact us um but it'd be fun to hear what who you think we've missed out or whether we've made some horrible horrible mistakes in our choices <laughs> which i'm sure some people will think um, maybe don't reach out for that yeah. <laughs> um but it's this has been very fun um to record I thought we were inviting one of these guys to Ooh, the lounge do you want to who do you want to invite to the lounge Annabelle I want to invite Tony Warner that was my favorite because I just <laughs> find the lack of appearances so funny for it to suck in Bow's mind so much that's the, hilarious the reason she made me do this bit at the end is because she was like hang on I want to meet Tony Warner. I, I want to meet this famous guy and ask him about his 
wealth of experience at UK clubs. I think I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I'm going Tony too. Make it a fourth appearance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're invited. We're invited. We do. I mean, we need a keeper. So you know, what's he up to? Hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on, where is he's guys? He's only forty eight. He's only forty eight. He still do a job. He's Shows a, up against them. He's a goalkeeping coach at Reading, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> so, Bowd, we're inviting Tony Warner. Well done for choosing him to the lounge Yay. to enjoy a wee beverage with us. <laughs> lovely, lovely. On these, I feel. I also feel I should probably mention Momo Silla just because again he he I'd gonna say he's like the ultimate uh, utility player again, but not quite, just slightly not as good as Vidal Sif. Okay, <laughs> a little bonus one there at the end yeah. from Bowd. Um, Christopher Bowd, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much indeed. It has been my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. Thanks for bringing Tony Tony to our attention. Eddie, thank you as always. Love to be here with you guys. Hopefully that cheerful sweater cheers you up for the rest of the day. Yay. And Annabelle. Thank you so much. This was really educational. It Loved really it. was. And I always leave these episodes wanting to go and watch lots of clips of stuff. So I'll go and do that now. Um, he's been Christopher Bowd. He's been Eddie Walsh. She's been Annabelle McDonald. I've been Claire Wilde. This has been The Players' Lounge. And we will speak to you at some point in the future.